Welcome back to another episode of the Everything Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nicole, and this week's episode is a little bit different. Danielle and I thought it would be appropriate for us to republish a podcast episode back from January titled Time-Saving Tech, Techniques, and Templates. So we recognize that this time of the school year looks a little bit different than you may have expected, and the same goes for us. We're all transitioning into what it means to be a virtual teacher, and for more information on that, you'll definitely want to check out next week's episode featuring a new friend, virtual elementary teachers, and we want to make sure that we take the time to use a lot of the tools that have worked so well in our classrooms and worked so well to help make our teacher side hustle work well and continue to use those even while this changing landscape continues to change and we're at home, we're working from home, we're teaching from home. So we thought it would be appropriate for us to just reflect on what we've already put out into the world and just kind of give it another chance to be highlighted. And it's all the elements that we continue to think about even as we are working from home and not necessarily in a classroom. Why letting go of perfectionism is a vital first step for implementing almost any time-saving strategy. How templates can be the time saver that you need at home and how to keep these organized. And free websites for lesson planning, helping you to stay standards focused while saving time. And of course, it wouldn't be a regular episode without having our tips for our teacher side hustlers and tips about social media strategies, social media schedulers, a monthly social media template pack. So much value here. We want to give a shout out to all of our teachers recently turned virtual teachers and just give you a big virtual hug at this time. We know that this is an adjustment and we are right there with you. We hope this episode brings you some value and we hope that you enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help you employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation We discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. Welcome back to another episode of the Everything Podcast. Welcome back, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How how is 2020 treating you? I've got 2020 vision, baby. Just kidding. I don't. I recently (laughs) updated my glasses prescription. It's not looking great. (laughs) Um, Super on my to-do list as well. Yeah. Looking forward to the next break so I can actually, you know, check that off the list. (laughs) But things are good things. I feel like I'm finally getting back into the swing of things. And I know we've chatted about this time of year when it comes to end of marking period. This has been a crazy couple of weeks on my Mm -hmm. end. I know you can commiserate. Yeah. And I think that that is even a little bit more of a challenge if you're a school that does semesters (laughs) in addition to marking periods because sometimes there are just like extra things that go along with that Mm. whether you teach a half year elective and therefore you're actually like giving your final or this is just a rough time of year because I feel like everybody is sick yeah oh yeah I'm waiting for my turn (laughs) and those makeups at the end of the marking period or semester ugh. It can be a lot. Or if people are interested in their semester grades and they're new, because as you guys know, I teach ninth graders, they don't even just understand how they're calculated. It just seems like total mystery. Mm. And they're like, but wait, I'm doing really well this marking period. What do you mean there might be 
the potential of me failing the semester, things like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot going on this time of year and coming back from break, which was of course lovely. We're feeling refreshed, renewed, but also doing our best to try and quantify all the ways that we want to set goals for this time of year. Cause I think so often we have mm-hmm. this mindset of like, it's going to be great. Things are going to be better. I'm going to do this. And to be honest, it's great to have that sense of like, you know, goal setting and, and just wanting mm-hmm. to come in with a great attitude. And I, I'm totally there personally, professionally, but you know, we've chatted about this. It, it's difficult to really put like numbers around that and to yes. actually, you don't know you reached the finish line and unless you make one. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I, have a love hate relationship with the like my my word of the year mm. and I don't even mean a specific word of the year but just that concept yeah yeah I feel like it's a great overarching idea and also super immeasurable most of the time yeah <laughs> yeah no it it is truly it's very very difficult and I think that that's where what we really want to chat about today is trying mm-hmm. to actually put some tools in place and you know, it's one thing to talk about it and it's another to actually go through with it. And so much of this is like your own personal accountability, which we're trying to help with because it's not, you know, maybe you're lucky enough to work at a school where, you know, I have a lot of great colleagues who are all kind of like, we're in it together. We're putting in an extra time at lunch or setting other goals, but you know, so much of it, it's an isolating profession. And a lot of these goals are very individual. So that's what we're chatting about. And I think that sometimes even with the best of intentions, whether you do have a network at your school or not, sometimes that word of the year or that goal is to be more productive. Mm, yeah, that word productivity is our <laughs> focus. <laughs> yeah, and it's a little bit vague when you finally like get right down to it. Yeah. Um, I will say that one book that is definitely on my to read list after listening to one of Amy Porterfield's podcasts where she actually interviews the author. And when I saw that Ashley Bible was talking about the same exact book, when I got her emails, everybody else better sign up for her her email list too, guys. (laughs) P.S. Yes. It's called Atomic Habits. And I just want to shout it out real quick because his entire concept here is that when you make a little bit of progress, even though that seems really small, it's compounding every single day mm-hmm. to make the individual you want to be. Oh, so I yeah. think that's one way of starting to put a little bit of um, a little bit of quantity around what you're doing. Yeah. That even I think the one of the examples he gave in the interview was like doing five push-ups doesn't make you athletic and it doesn't make you an athlete. But that's five more push-ups than you would have done. Oh, I love stuff like this, Danielle. (laughs) It reminds me, it reminds me so much of the Total Teacher Summit when I chatted about perfectionism in my talk and the, the idea that like perfectionists sometimes will just completely stay away from starting a new task or taking on a new challenge because they're afraid of failing. Um, speaking of being afraid, first of all, I'm going to take Alyssa's advice about make sure that you actually like talk about the stuff that you offer people. And we're going to say, even though the summit was back in August, you can go ahead and listen to that talk and all the talks because you can purchase the pass in order to get replays. Oh my gosh. You know, got to put it out there. Got to put it out there. You're right. You're right. Put it out there. 
the perfectionist idea of not wanting to start something for fear of fa- failing and, and taking that risk for no reward. It's the idea, mm-hmm. you know, it's progress over perfection, which yes. we see that slogan, that motto everywhere, uh-huh. but it's the everyday progress in Marie Forleo's everything is figure outable. I love the diagram mm-hmm. she has of, you know, you see someone who has a goal in mind and typically it's like that arrow that's just going straight, you know, straight through in the uh-huh. middle of the X and Y axis. And then there's progress and it's like squiggly. It looks like a roller coaster. <laughs> it's going backwards. It's up, it's down, it's tiny. And that I think is a great kind of visual mm-hmm. to help introduce yeah. us to what it really means to make progress, to set goals yes. for ourselves, to be productive, to have a better start to 2020. And let's get into it. And we're going to talk about some tools and some techniques for being more productive, both in your day-to-day, you know, teaching job, as well as in your maybe after the bell rings side hustle. Yeah. Because there are ways to use your time in both places way more effectively than you probably are if you like admit it deep down. Yeah. And I want to start with one of the things that I think is really going to be useful, whether you have a formal side hustle or you just want to kind of figure out how to use your time, probably after school, a little bit better. And that's a tool called Asana. And if you listen to many kind of entrepreneurship type of podcasts like we do, you've probably heard of this before. But the reason I want to begin with this one is I am such a perfectionist that I couldn't even use Asana for a long time because, A, I needed a research to make sure it was truly the best one, like Asana or Trello, Asana or Trello, who who knows? Um, And then after I did that, I wanted to be like a total expert at using Asana. Hashtag Danielle problems. (laughs) (laughs) But truly, and this, when I was putting together the list of like the tools I wanted to talk about, it really reminded me of the conversation we had with Kelly Jackson about how sometimes it's harder for perfectionists to have an organized classroom because they're like, well, it was not going to be great. Why am I doing this? Right, right. And that's how I had felt about Asana for a long time. Because if you log into Asana, one of the first things that you'll notice is you've got quite a few options in terms of what you want different layouts to look like, what you uh, have available to you in terms of, do I need a list for a launch or do I need a list for a sprint or do I need a list for client feedback or, and that's not even with customization. That's just what the free Asana plant offers to you. And that could seem like a lot. What if I choose the wrong one? Mm, Yeah. Um, but I decided that Nicole and I were going to take the plunge to make ourselves a little bit more organized in everything we do. So that way I break the really terrible habit of just writing everything we need to do in notes and sharing it from my phone. (laughs) So many notes. Guys, we're getting very real with you in 2020. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) But I have to agree. Asana is a really, really cool tool. And I think it is you know, it's cross curricular, if you will. I think it's great Mm -hmm. for the classroom and it's great for your side hustle, keeping you on track and keeping everything in one space, which I think is so often the issue. And if you're maybe like, well, I don't want these things to cross over. We get that. Yeah. But I think having like designated spots for everything is really, really helpful and kind of like the first big step. And if I were to use Asana for like 
the classroom and like my regular everyday teaching gig, I actually think that part of what I would probably do is better utilize my prep time during Mm. school and my before and after time. Um, I think a lot of the time we just do what seems like urgent at the time instead of batching things and instead of using our time as effectively as possible. So even if you're not a side hustler, I think this is something that could be incredibly useful for just taking home less stuff. Yeah. And for those that are not familiar at all with Trello or Asana, it is an Mm -hmm. organizational free tool that you have access to, to group things in different folders under different tags color coordinated it has all it's very pretty it's very pretty (laughs) it's very visually pleasing and it's just another great free tool that we're personally taking you really great advantage of and we wanted to make sure we shouted it out so danielle thanks for that shout out for sure i'm glad you introduced me to asana because i really like it and even on the free plan you could share things with other people like nicole and i are doing so maybe you are um, trying to, you know, maybe one of your goals for 2020 is to make progress, whatever that looks like in your teacher side hustle life. Perhaps what you want to do is you want to actually share what you've got going on in Asana with people in like your mastermind or mm. something like that. And you would totally be able to do that. Good. Very make good sure point. You, you have those check marks always checked off, even if you don't have the opportunity to schedule like a weekly check-in call with your mastermind. Makes a lot of sense. And yet another way to with the time that you spend outside of school, during school, Danielle and I were, you know, when we were recently lamenting on all the time that it just seems to take just to write emails. I feel like I can just sit for hours after school and just write emails to parents, to colleagues, Mm -hmm. to, you know, it's just like constant. And it's just a way to keep people on track. And I know, honestly, it's not ever something that I'm like dreading doing. Like it's usually positive and great, but it's just like, it's so time consuming. (laughs) So (laughs) with that, I do have a handy dandy tool, which isn't quite a tool, but it's just a a way in which you can tackle this task, Mm -hmm. which is to put together templates for yourself. We chatted about this with Kelly Jackson on the Simply Teach podcast. Of course, we're looking for all these time-saving hacks and all that good stuff. And I mentioned that I have a system that I use for writing emails specifically to parents. And I do this on a semi-weekly basis as one of the initiatives at our school. We're always trying to make positive contact with parents mm-hmm. and check in about great things that are happening in the classroom, not just the things that are going wrong and you have to send that parent email. So with that, it is more or less formulaic. So I found myself being like, okay, here's week three of me writing something a little similar. Mm-hmm. Let me just pause and put this in a space that I can go back. I can kind of fill in the blanks. And that's not to say that things shouldn't be personal. They shouldn't be authentic. Of course, you add in all of that stuff. You sprinkle it in where yeah. you can, right? That's, of course, so important for that connection. But it also is a really great way to keep these emails you know, continuing throughout the year because otherwise mm-hmm. you'll get burnt out yeah. if you're just sitting down to write this entirely new message every time. So I have sort of grouped them in ways to help myself remember, you know, is it a student who was previously not doing so great in this aspect and now has improved, mm-hmm. right? So that's, I have a template for that. And I kind of went through that with Kelly as well. And I shared that, um, those templates with her on her podcast. So definitely get that one 
a listen mm-hmm. if you're interested. But it's not so much a, a downloadable tool, but it's just you kind of recognizing what seems to be a system or a habit in your own classroom and just sit down, sit down and set out the the time for yourself to really work through what seems to be the consistent pattern and just start to save it. Yeah. And do you have a system for like how you keep those or are you copy and pasting them? How does that work for you? Everything in Google, Google Drive. And I try and keep these templates together grouped in, like I mentioned, more academic, more behavior, more overall. And from there, I can kind of pull from what I need to. But I do try and keep it in a place where I can access it from my phone on Drive, my mm-hmm. computer. And right, always have these things. So it's been helpful. Okay. Because I'm trying to, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head. There is um, a software that I remember hearing about so long ago um, when I was still listening to the Fizzle Show podcast. And he was talking about, um, essentially, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say a text condenser, but it's like a series of keyboard shortcuts that he would use for all yes, of those templates. I rem- remember you telling me this. Yes. And it would also like almost like recommend what you were supposed to yes. right based on your previous um, submissions, so to speak. If I can find the name of it, I'll put it okay. in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another way to save time. Maybe it's not necessarily parent emails, but it's other things that you're continuing to keep track of or email about or even post on Google Classroom, for example. Yeah. I think that's great. And even I feel like the shortest emails, but just the ones that you have to write every week or every month. If you're the department chair sending out the reminder, the department meeting um, is tomorrow mm-hmm. starting at 2.05 in your classroom. Yeah. It's it's exactly the same email, especially if you don't um, have to attach an agenda or something like that. Why are you typing it out every time? And yeah. even if you are just copying and pasting it, I know that for me, if I'm submitting my lesson plans or whatever like that, I go back and I look for exactly the same email. So that way I have the same subject line every time. So that way I can find it searchable. Um, mm. But if I don't look back at it, it takes me a minute to be like, wait a second. Did did I actually write out lesson plan or did I write LP? Did I actually mm. write out <laughs> all of the numbers or did I put in the month and then the number and then the year numerically? Oh my gosh. Little things like that. But why do I go back and search through my emails if I just have that saved as a shortcut or a template? It's one less thing to work. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the ways that we move about our day Mm -hmm. and try and save some time in the classroom on our lunch break when we're just scrambling to get out that quick email. Yeah. I know you have a handy handy tool for us when it comes to lesson planning. I'd love to chat about this. This is one of my recent discoveries. And I feel like since I have found it, I can't stop nerding out about it. And I keep telling people that they should take a look at it. Um, I told one of the deans of academics at my school. I told my department chair. Obviously, I told Nicole. And now I'm sharing it with all of you. Um, Share it, share it. So I had previously been using just kind of my own uh, system for lesson planning, where I would copy and paste the same exact thing that I had each and every week and send that out to my department chair. And I thought, there's got to be a better way, right? Like, there has to be something. And it probably even looks a little bit better than what I'm doing, even though what I have is organized and it's what I'm used to. 
And there totally is. So the resource is called commoncurricular.com. And when we were talking about how Asana really helps you kind of like organize your thoughts and makes it really, really easy to see what to do, it's really easy to customize. I would say that this is the equivalent specifically for your lesson plans. So accounts are uh, free. You can upgrade to their premium account and I'll go over the difference in a second. But on the free account, you get a whole lot of stuff. So when you sign up for your free account, it'll ask you to name your lesson, um, your like overall lesson planning book. And then once you've developed one, it tells you, and they do a really nice job of walking you through it. It gives you an example for what you, it might look like as an elementary school teacher versus a high school teacher. So that Ooh, way, I love that. Mm-hmm, that way, if you're a high school teacher and you teach several of the same course, you might want to lay it out one way, whereas this um, type of elementary school teacher might have a different look. Um, for me, one of the things that I really liked, I teach ninth graders every day and I teach 11th graders every day, and that's an English focused, literature focused class. The way my school has it set up, we also have these two writing labs, just like you'd have a science lab once per cycle. We actually have it twice per cycle. And this software allows me to tab on the writing labs only twice during it. And it still looks like it matches everything else. That sounds so intuitive. Which is nice. It really, really is. Um, One of my favorite features about it is, and it references it in the name, Common Curriculum, all of the standards are saved and searchable, even on the free plan. So it is seriously just add your subject matter and your grade level strands and just click and there it is. If you want those same exact standards on everything for that week, because you're really focusing on tracing that theme in a text over time or whatever it may be, you can copy that right onto your next board. Maybe, um, I know I had my formal observation. So when I had my formal observation for that lesson plan, there's going to be a little bit more detail that I would put in there than I would put in my normal lesson plan because I know how this day relates to the rest of the unit, for example. But if I have a formal observation, I need to write that down. Mm -hmm. With one click, you can add that for just a day. You can add it for all of them. If there is a snow day and everything needs to get shifted, there's a little bump feature there's a special event feature. This is so cool. It's great. I'm also (laughs) checking it out while we're chatting. And wow, this is awesome. It looks beautiful Mm -hmm. and very easy to use. It is. I really, really like it. Um, Having used it since we have been back to school, I will tell you um, that in terms of my kind of like surprises, um, I didn't realize I wouldn't be able to export in one single document uh, uh, my entire week unless I upgraded to their like premium plan. Okay. Um, so it allows you on the free plan to just download your one class one day. So what I did was I did that and then I used a file merger to put it all in one PDF. Okay. That makes sense. The other thing I will tell you because I had my formal, formal observation and so I printed the lesson plan is that the default for the printing is size 10 font oh before you print (laughs) i would probably change that if somebody's actually going to read it (laughs) because it is really tiny yeah but when you print it out it looks really nice 
Um, digitally, it looks really nice. My school issues all teachers an iPad. It displays great on the iPad. Um, if I'm looking to reference it, it obviously looks great on the desktop. Check it out. One of my students saw that I was using it. I, and I told her about it after school. She's um, not even in one of my classes. She's one of my former um former athletes when I was coaching and she's like what are you so giddy about I'm like this is the best lesson plan (laughs) I've ever seen she's like you should start a blog oh my gosh (laughs) I love that so yeah if you're if you're anything like me this is a tool you're gonna get really jazzed about check it out not sponsored just a huge fan (laughs) Danielle you are lit up right now I was really pleased about it that's awesome I mean it seriously it looks so intuitive it seems so intuitive And if you're not already using a system that's mandated by your school, what a great mm-hmm. way to keep yourself on track. I mean, I know when it comes to aligning with the standards, yeah. sometimes it's something that I consider after I've come up with the plan in my head, right? So right. having this as part of like the decision-making is great and having it at the forefront of your lesson planning is another great reminder of what we should be aiming towards. So I really I love it. And if you have like special things that your school wants you to have, um, if they don't care if you've typed it up in a Google Doc or how it comes to them, you can customize this to add whatever features you want in any order that you yeah, want. That's it's great. real flexible. And then well, one last question for you. Yeah. <laughs> Does it save it from previous weeks? Like, could you drag and drop if you needed to? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. You can copy the entire um, card is what they call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, over and yeah, it's it's really wonderful. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I also believe, and I haven't tried this out, that you can actually save year to year. Oh, boy. <laughs> now we're talking. Right? Right? <laughs> that is awesome. So when we are getting really just kind of motivated and excited about the idea of getting organized, having a plan, I think the next place that is often kind of like a time suck, but it doesn't have to be if you pick the right tools, is picking out a and making sure you utilize a social media scheduling software. Yes. It seems like so many of our audience members are in the classroom and doing their best to make a side hustle work when they're out of there. And with that comes the responsibility of promoting the thing that they're working so hard to create. And social media is a bear of a task and we can attest to that. And we know that a lot of the listeners today are also nodding their heads because it it really, it truly is. It involves a lot of time, a lot of planning and strategy. Yeah. And luckily there are a number of tools out there free or fee with a fee that take that kind of guesswork or, um, level of uncertainty about timing, about hashtags, about how to plan this appropriately, kind of, they help you along that process, which, yeah, you know, if you're anything like me, this is all new and I'm learning a lot. <laughs> and just like the conversation about like Asana or Trello, the like uh, indecision that you might have, um, don't succumb to the like analysis paralysis when yeah. it comes to picking your social media scheduler tool. Yeah. Do a little bit of research. And if you're the kind of person who, like me, 
if you don't put a deadline on it, you will research this to death. Like, you'll research <laughs> it for days and you will be an expert on all of these different things. And did you know that it had this feature, but you could hack it in order to... No, no, no. You, you don't need any of that. It's Think true. about where you show up on social media. Think about if you need to be in multiple places mm-hmm. or if really you're kind of like all in on one spot. So having a tool that does several things that you're not going to use, don't bother with it. Don't I feel like learn how to use those features. I totally agree. I feel like so many of these programs are just so aggressive. Unlimited mm-hmm. posts, access to like this amount of features, unlimited media, scheduled videos, like all of these tools. And it's like, okay, you know, if you yeah. are getting started with this, that seems like great. What a great option. I get all these unlimited features and I'm going to pay a premium for it. But I think what you're getting at is if you know the specific places where you need to show up, where you want to show up, whether it's Pinterest, Instagram, Teachers Pay Teachers, start small. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay start, small, start small, but make sure you batch. I think yeah. one of the reasons that social media can feel like a little bit of a, a drag sometimes and feel a little bit like it's just like taking a lot of energy and a lot of time is because you're you're kind of like last minute like oh gotta post again today I know I have to post but like what is it going to be and I think making sure that you can at least schedule the amount that you can like content wise create in one sitting is a really good place to start So we're going to shout out a few tools so that way if you are totally new to the idea of picking a social media scheduler tool, you have a few things to look into to find out what's the best fit for you, for your budget, and for your needs. And like I said, maybe set a Pomodoro timer and (laughs) read three quick blog posts, make your decision, and go. Especially because this is, especially if it's not a paid service. This is not something that you're like stuck with for life. Try it out. (laughs) That's the other thing. Right. It's okay to try on a couple for size. And also this is a great time of year to try a lot of these things because there are nice deals available. Mm -hmm. A lot of these involve trials, which is great. So yeah, let's shout out some favorites and we'll of course link to all of these in case you're not taking notes at this time. But some of the ones that we're familiar with and we know some of the features and like them. Uh, first one that comes to mind is Tailwind. Mm-hmm. And, and that is specifically, if Pinterest is your game, Yeah, I think that like that is pretty much synonymous with the Pinterest tool. It's true. Whereas, it allows you to cross post. It allows you to promote yeah. one thing days later. It's, it allows you to have like a true profile, have a lot of things mm-hmm. saved, such as hashtags, a lot of the social tags that you normally would have a separate note for looking at myself for that one (laughs) all the notes all the notes yes all right what's our next one and then I think there are a number that are worth looking into if Instagram is where where you need to be perfect all right so we've got buffer yes and buffer does when you're thinking about like a mac daddy tool that does a million social media profiles if you need it to Buffer does do that. I have a lot of experience with Buffer, have definitely used that. Um, Daniel, I love that you just called it a Mac Daddy tool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. It does does all the things. (laughs) Can can you tell that I have a very small child and I'm very sleep deprived? (laughs) But 
honestly, I have, um, I have a lot of good things to say about how versatile it is. If you want to make sure that you can take something and kind of tweak it just slightly and have it in all the places. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so true. The next one that I'm personally exploring is mm-hmm. called later. Yes. And it does offer a number of different options as far as pricing, having one account associated versus multiple. But what's great is it does it does cross post like a lot of these Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. A lot of it also offers unlimited media, whether it's stories, whether it's um, videos and so on. They're not the only ones. Um, later had a later con kind of like similar to our virtual summit where it went out of their way to teach you about kind of coming up with different strategies in order to maximize your social media presence. So they have a lot of really good tools for um, kind of like educating yourself. Um, And Buffer has their own podcast, I believe, that comes out once a week. So if you're thinking about um, wanting to stay like current with social media trends, um, you can also look to some of these software services for a little bit of background knowledge too. Yeah. I love that. And along the same lines, we have Hootsuite and like yep. Hoot, like an owl. Yes. And <laughs> there is a professional um, offering and also teams. I know um, Meet Edgar is one of the pricier tools. It was also one of the first ones to have recycled posting and categories, though. So if, like we said at the beginning, if you know what you need out of your social media tool and that's the thing that is, like, the the make it or break it for you, maybe start there for looking into these services. Danielle, all of this talk about the ways that we save time in our classroom with mm-hmm. these online tools, these offline tools the ways that we can save time and energy when it comes to building our social media presence with our side hustle. It really gets me thinking about what I think productivity truly comes down to is time. Yeah. It's all about, it's all about how to get back that time. And whether you're on your own personal schedule or you're working towards a goal with another person or team, it's all about figuring out how to manage that time to the best of your ability. And sometimes it's not a matter of not knowing exactly what it is that you want to say, but it's a matter of knowing the best route to go about saying it. And we know very well how time consuming, how overwhelming, and frankly, how frustrating it can be to just be over, just be inundated with all of these options for social media, for the ways to get your word out, which is great when you're thinking about getting, for example, your TPT store off the ground, or maybe a resource that you're selling in front of new people's eyes. But you know, it's just that, that feeling of just not even sure what to, the first step should be, or maybe you're kind of on the other end of the spectrum and you're like, well, I think I know what to do, but I just don't really know how to manage all of the decision-making that comes into it. And maybe you're left sitting at the end of the day on your couch. Like sometimes I am like, man, what do I post on social media? Yeah. I think that even the absolute best social media scheduling software doesn't necessarily solve these yeah. problems. Right. So either you fall in the camp of I could write captions for days but I hate how long it takes to scroll through to find a picture that's like okay enough oh my gosh you're preaching Um, to the choir yes (laughs) stop spending 
all your free time going through Unsplash with the same, let's be real, you're typing in the same exact search terms and you're expecting a different result. And guess what? All the images for school and teacher, not great. Not great. Um, And if you're a high school teacher, trying maybe other places to find teacher images and you're like, yeah, crayons, not sending the Mm -hmm, message mm -hmm. that I'm looking for. (laughs) Um, So maybe that's you or maybe you are the kind of person that just has selfies for days (laughs) in your Instagram feed and you can take a picture, no problem, and you love it, but then you have no idea what to write. (laughs) Um, Or maybe you just don't have a plan at all and you're like, this looks good and this looks good and this looks good, but your feed looks like a hot mess because you went into it. The combinations (laughs) that we can come up with are endless. And something else I feel like we're so lucky to have featured all of these teacherpreneurs, these business-minded people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like also there's this divide of all this information for entrepreneurism and entrepreneurship online. And it doesn't always cross over to the teaching world. So it's also just with like, trying a doubt. to get those resources as well. And I think what you're getting at as far as like the actual copy, I mean, there's so many great resources, mm-hmm. podcasts, video, YouTube yep. channels, all these things that you could watch to help yourself understand how to show up online. But when it comes time to actually writing about that, there are so few voices that are also inside the classroom doing that same thing. Yeah. And if you're sitting there nodding your head vigorously, uh, we think we have a solution for we you. We do. Tell them Yeah, about it. we're so excited to share. This is a new project yes. of ours. And as you can tell, we're smiling from ear to ear because we're just, we're pumped. <laughs> we can't wait to yes, share. Because we designed the product that we've said we wish existed. Yeah, we really <laughs> do wish existed. And I think that's where best inventions truly come from out of necessity, right? So with that, we're really doing our best to think about how we can connect with those who love creating products, love creating content, but feel like they can't escape that, escape that treadmill of having to post on social, right? Feeling drained, mm-hmm. just thinking about what to talk about in your next Instagram story, right? Hopefully you're sitting there and you're thinking yep. either I'm that person or I know who that person is, or maybe I once was that person, yeah. right? And, and we, mm-hmm. we really do want to fit in with what you're already working with. And what we mean by that is everything social, So essentially, we are bringing to you done for you templates. That means the image. That means the copy. That means the suggested hashtags. All of the things that your behind the scenes marketing team just delivers to your inbox (laughs) each month. (laughs) I feel like in the past, we tried to be the teachers in the faculty room talking about all the fun technology things. And now here we are showing up again for you as your behind the scenes marketing team. We truly want to help you inside of the classroom and out. And we know that so many members of our audience are doing exactly that. They're looking to grow as educators and to blossom as entrepreneurs and work on something, especially come 2020, and really get their mind to it. So so with mm-hmm. that, we're working hard to find something that can easily be tweaked to fit with your personal brand. Because so often you might be yes. thinking, okay, well, sure, all these things exist. And yeah, I could pull this image, this flat lay, I can use this. But it doesn't really work with my, you know, classroom feel or something so yeah. specific. Because all of a sudden there are clothes 
in the flat leg and you're like but why is that sweater there can't I just have or so often there'll be a picture <laughs> of a desk part. and you know let, mm-hmm. let me know when you have a classroom with a beautiful cappuccino on the desk and flowers <laughs> and potted plants and you know you you mean that's not your everyday <laughs> not at all we know we know the audience we are the audience we're right there with you yeah. looking to put together something that works and speaks to those around us. And we work hard to create things that can be easily tweaked to fit your style, your brand, to make sure that you feel that your individuality is not lost in what can feel like a sea of stock images. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think so often the reason that we think of social media as kind of this time suck this time vortex is because we don't go into it with a plan you would never go into your classroom without a plan why are you showing up on social without a plan? that's why you should mark your calendars each month your upcoming calendar arrives to your inbox and if you're curious about how this might look we've got a lot more information coming at you very very soon so make sure that you're subscribed to our emails you have connected with us on social and Your ears and eyes are peeled for all the fantastic information coming your way because we are just so excited to share more. Yeah. And we are not doing this in a bubble. We're doing this to better serve you, the education influencers, the TPT sellers. We want to know what you need. Let us know. And I bet you can find that in the upcoming months. Thanks, Danielle. Can't wait. Thank you. Can't wait. If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.